Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to the Beer Ladies podcast. I am today's host, Hillary. And in this episode, we have a special guest, Grania Walsh from Metal Man Brewery, who is not only the owner of Metal Man Brewery, but I believe one of the earlier women in brewing in Ireland, if I'm not mistaken. So. Hi. So. Hi, And I also have with me Lisa Grimm. Hello, like, subscribe, follow us, do all the things. But thank you for coming back and listening. We're excited to have another episode. Yes. So just a reminder, we are on YouTube for those who prefer to watch, as well as wherever you get your podcasts for those who prefer to listen. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us a rating or share this podcast with a friend. Now, I've done it all backwards and introduced my guests first, but that's A-OK. Oh, it's allowed. not... We're not bound by rules here. So first and foremost, before we get into it, what are we drinking? Grandia, you are our guest. So I will ask you first, what you drinking, girl? So I have an Antipodean IPA from down in Dingo. Oh, beautiful. And I am drinking... Atomium by Metal Man, which is a lovely, boozy Belgian amber. And I was very excited to see that. So it's beautiful. Cheers, everybody. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So we have you on, Grania, as part of our Speaking to Women in Brewing series in honor of International Women's History Month. And uh, just wanted to get a little bit of your background. Um, And so I guess to start off, what made you get into brewing? What was your inspiration? It's a bit tried to say drinking beer, but it's probably the truth. (laughs) So um, I guess when I, when I first started drinking beer, I was drinking the same industrial beer that everybody else kind of my age in college was drinking. It was sort of, that's really all that was kind of available. Um, 
when I started branching out a little bit, I moved to Dublin after college and we used to go to the porterhouse a bit. The porterhouse had really fun beers that none of us had ever heard of. And it was, uh, it was from where I lived. So it was like, it was a great place to go. But that was, it was a very unique offering in Dublin at the time. It was, it was shortly after they had opened. There wasn't anywhere else really that had such an offering apart from the porterhouse in Bray. Um, so I guess um, around the time I met Tim, who was the uh, other founder at Metal Man, um, I was really just mostly drinking um, industrial beer. But when we started seeing each other, Tim was living in the UK at the time still, and I was living in Dublin. So I would fly over to see him and he would fly over to see me. When uh, uh, I would go and see him, we'd go to the, the bar and he'd say, what do you want to drink? And I would look at this range of random names of stuff on a bar with these pump clips serving this liquid that I was completely unfamiliar with because I was used to fizzy lager mostly and uh, he would say what do you want to drink and I'd go I have no idea that one or that one you know just pick one and see, see what happens it's really delicious it's absolutely awful you know it was kind of looky dip um, so that probably started my, my beer education as such. We ended up drinking, a, you know, a lot of different beers when we were, um, uh, when I would visit England. And it really just sort of snowballed from there, I guess, over, over several years. Um, most of our holidays ended up being, will we go and see a local brewery? And then it started being, will we go somewhere where we can go and see a local brewery? And then it, then it started being, this is the brewery I want to go and see. Uh, let's go to get people. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I found myself um, living in, in Dublin, homebrewing quite a bit, and I wasn't really, I was working in tech at the time, and I wasn't really um, loving it. I sort of knew that I didn't really fit, that it wasn't going to be a long-term passion for me. I could see some of my colleagues that I was working with, and they were so excited about everything they did. And I really, really wasn't. Um, and I wanted to be involved in, you know, involved in something that I'm that excited about. And that thing for me at that time of my life was beer. So um, I started looking at what options I had available to me. Um, started, drew up a business plan, went and talked to a few people, hatched a madcap idea. And here we are 10 years later. Amazing. Cheers. Cannot believe it's been 10 years. I was, I was thinking it was around the time you were homebrewing when I met you, when we went to the, those meetups at the Bull and Castle <laughs> to drink each other's beer. <laughs> That's right. In Bull and Castle. Yeah. So that we probably started going to those meetups in 2008, I'm going to say, ish, May 2009. So yeah, that's kind of, that was when we first really got to talk to other people about about brewing beer at home and before that we were brewing rubbish i'm sure it was you know we were doing <laughs> we had our best efforts but the internet wasn't quite the behemoth it is today and accessibility of information was was much um, more you really had to know where to look i suppose uh, but when we joined that group we met so many people who knew so much about making really good beer at home and we learned loads and uh, yeah so if it's anything it's there for us <laughs> So what was it like taking that leap from leaving your job and starting your own business? Um, looking back on it, I feel like the right answer should be terrifying, but it was just so exciting. Uh, I, I do yeah. remember the day that I drove out of the Amazon car park 
<laughs> my my desk packed up the contents of my desk packed up in my little car driving down to Waterford Tim was still going to be living in Dublin for a while but he still had like a real job and I remember driving down the motorway going <laughs> listening Phantom was on the radio I can even remember some of the songs that were playing I was just like I can't believe I'm doing it. Uh, it was uh, it was it was Surreal, I suppose, is probably the, the only way to describe it. That was the 31st of January 2010. Um, so 1st of February, I was officially the first employee at Metro Library. And uh, on the Friday, the 4th of February, we brewed the first beer at uh, White Gypsy down in Temple Moor. And I still have a picture of the sparkly blue Wellington boots that I bought in a rush in Penny's <laughs> on a Thursday. <laughs> The most uncomfortable Wellington boots that ever existed, I'm fairly sure. And not very wonderful. Sparkly blue wellies. Lovely. Oh, I love it. Oh, uh, you know, I'm an ex-Amazonian myself, so I know the feeling of freedom when you've, when you've left uh, sort of Uncle Jeff's employ, and then you can be like, I can do other things. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, uh, was that in, in Ireland or in the U.S.? Uh, that was in Seattle, but it, 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 it's a funny story in that when we first started coming to Dublin, it was, you know, with, uh, with Amazon, and they all said, oh, you've got to drink this Metal Man beer. She's an ex-Amazonian. And so they, there was a real, you know, um, actually, there was a real loyalty there. Real support yeah. for you there, Grania. Yeah, they were super. It was brilliant. Uh, I was looking back at the pictures of our launch in the Bullying. We had our launch in the Bullying Castle on the 3rd of March, I think it was, uh, in 2011. And... Tables full of Amazon people. <laughs> but Seattle, Seattle played a big part, I think, as well, Lisa, in, in my beer journey, I think, because um, when we lived in Dublin back in kind of the mid noughties, um, there really was still quite a limited number of places yeah. that had a good beer. You know, you really had to, to seek them out. And as a result, we really only liked going to maybe four or five bars because they were the ones that we knew we could get a decent beer in. So our friends were like, really, oh, guys, would you just get over it and come to a normal bar? Um, and we would be like, no, standards. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we wouldn't be like that now. Any bar, just let me into any bar. <laughs> but um, what I went back to Seattle maybe every 12, 12 or 14 weeks with work, and it was just so refreshing. You could just walk in anywhere and yeah, with selection of good locally beers. Yeah, oh, uh, it's a great beer town. Absolutely. Fantastic. And that blew my mind. And I was like, there, why is Ireland not that? We've got such a good reputation for beer, but we all drink rubbish. Um, <laughs> why can it not be like this, where we can have a reputation for good beer, where you can have variety choice, where it isn't like the yellow and the black one? Or See, it was still just the Amazon leadership principles at play. You were insisting on the highest standards. So there you go. That's the problem. You never get them out of your head. <laughs> but. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> so uh another question i have for you Grania, is as a woman in this industry have you faced sexism or mansplaining or anything like that during your tenure um yeah like i mean it it, it goes with that saying i think in some cases when you are um a woman in an industry that tends to be so male dominated and and still uh has that sort of a lot of beers it's pitched to that sort of mm-hmm. consumer still that it's getting better mm-hmm. but it's, it's slow 
Um, a craft beer is definitely better than industrial sure. beer, but it's you know it's going to take time. But inevitably, what happens is you go to maybe a trade show or a festival or something, and somebody says, "Oh, so you work with the brewery? Are you in marketing?" <laughs> every time. Um, well, not not every time. And it does depend on the person. Women don't ask that. Only, only. So, you know, you do get that. But in general, there isn't really, you know, when you say, well, no, I'm, I'm the owner. And they're like, oh, now, and often they are kind of looking around the other owner. Right? Um, and the, the, one, the other one who makes the beer, who will be up to warm, perhaps. And that's, I think that's kind of what people feel comfortable with. They're, they think if there's a, a, a man and a woman team behind a brewery, that it must be the man doing the brewing and must be the woman doing the telling. Um, so to I don't really maybe I don't really mind that so much because I do think women are good at telling stories we're, we're good communicators um, we're good tasters so we're able to talk about beer and really well um, so there is sort of an element of, of why that might be a good fit for a lot of for a lot of stories but it isn't everyone right um, but I've never had sort of pushback really not, not but never really you know where you think well, actually I'm, I'm the founder and, and I was originally the brewer and I'm the head brewer still you know um there isn't there's never that's always been met with oh right wow cool you know in general um there is always a couple of people <laughs> who really believe you and think like they're like sure um but you know whatever there's always going to be people like that around they're they're not gender specific um, yeah yeah exactly and I think that's something that we've seen forever and we will continue to see forever is the um you know the assumption that well there must be a man behind this and you know, they, people must look, you know, when Tim is around, people must look to Tim and be like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. He's, he's obviously. <laughs> but this one, like, it, it's really, it is, it's still hard. It's going to be hard to get away from, from this while there are still, we'd say, let's, for example, there's a publication that we get delivered into the brewery every month. And it is, uh, it's a, it's a magazine for brewers every week every month the picture on the front is one or more men with beards standing in front of <laughs> always right oh yeah well they have to have beards if there is a woman on the cover she's mm-hmm. part of a group there's never a woman in front of stainless steel with or without a beard there's never one you know, a woman and a man, or God forbid, two women. If there's a woman, there are multiple people, and most of them are men. Um, and it's really depressing. It's like every month, it's the same thing, and it's just like, how are we going to move away from this if the publications that are supposed to be championing our industry are refusing to even acknowledge that people who are not white or male? Yeah, and they probably don't even see it. Like I said, so, it probably just looks, you know, normal in air quotes to them. So, yeah. Yeah, it's familiar. Yeah. So, and that's something that we have, I have seen change in the 10 years that we've been um, involved in the industry and it is getting better. But I think the only reason it's getting better is because people are screaming about it. Um, And I think that is, I would like to see more change in the next 10 years than we've seen in the last 10. 
Um, so I think we probably do need to get a little bit louder and a little bit more inclusive um, still around what we're doing. And it's, it's, you know, it's completely achievable. It just requires a small shift in, in perception. Yes. Yeah, well, to, to your point too, just about kind of the like Seattle breweries, I, I know even there, one of them has to put on the back of the t-shirt that it's run by two girls and a guy, just, you know, having to constantly <laughs> remind people that, hi, we're, we're also two of the founders, so. Oh, it's true. But they probably do the marketing, right? <laughs> yeah, they, they do all the socials <laughs> while the men, the, the yeah. guy does the brewing, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, funny. For sure. My goodness. And on to a lighter topic now. Grania, what is your favorite beer style? And and I'll I'll go easy on you. I'll let you pick a top top three. <laughs> you can have top you can I give you a top three. What's your top three? Uh, my favorite answer to any questions like this is always the same answer. It's always, it depends. Right. Uh, yes. <laughs> it depends what kind of humor I'm in, what time of day it is, what time of morning it is, uh, what, you know, who I'm with, how much fun I'm having with the people I'm with, how much fun I'm not having with them. Um, no, like it really, and it varies. And like last year, I would have said something different to what I say this year. You know, it changes all the time. When I, uh, we, we traveled a little bit in Eastern Europe at one point and my, oh, my drink, what I loved was like a sweet dark lager. Mm. Could not get it up. Ooh. Yum. When I try and drink it now, I'm like, yes, this is beautiful for one beer. And then I need something with way more bitterness and more hot character. Um, and, and, you know, other things then as well, I broke my leg um, in 2019 and I had to have an operation to put a plate in. And after that operation, I could not drink hoppy beer for like, I would say six or eight months. I had zero interest in beer. Yeah, really, really hoppy. I didn't drink coffee or hoppy beer for a good six or eight months after that. And it, I actually nearly had to train my palate back again to get back into both of them um, because I just had no interest in it. It was like, I know that yeah. what made it quite, like, quite a challenge in the brewery <laughs> because you're tasting everything, right? And you're like, oh. And I was like, have you been there? Okay, yeah, over a buzz, okay. Yep, tastes like it should. <laughs> I want it though. So it does, and it, it happens, um, I guess, with different styles, then you just, you know, you kind of evolve your, your palate changes or what have you. But I'm back on the hoppy beer now. Uh, actually, at the moment, I So at the moment, I would say probably. West Coast IPA might be mm. my favorite style, like a proper solid, maybe six and a half percent classic West Coast hops. That's what I'm liking. But I do a bit of a soft spot for a net at the moment, as long as it's not too soupy. So, and now, you know what, Lisa, same question to you. What would be your top three? Oh, gosh, like it's the same thing, right? It obviously it all depends and it always sort of goes back and forth. But uh, I mean, I'm always a big, a big nerd for a mild just because I, I love a good dark mild something, especially that's low key that you can have a couple of you're not going to get silly at the end of the day. But I also do really like and it's going to be a little, um, a little contradictory, a, a hoppy porter. And I know, you know, Historically, there used to be more and then there weren't and there were again. But I, I, I like that sort of balance of the, the sort of the dark and the 
and the hops. And, and again, like I know a Cascadian dark ale or, or a black IPA, whichever we're calling them this week, you know, I always like those sort of darker, darker things. But, but again, just the other day I had the, um, the Thornbridge um, Firestone Walker collaboration West Coast IPA, which is just perfect West Coast IPA. And it was so gorgeous. And I was just like, oh, you know, you're reminded this can be so good when you have the one that's just right. But I, I still I think I'm not quite ready for it to be summer. I'm still kind of going for the darker, not heavier ones, but the, the darker ones. It's just a little, little bit of a of a sort of a comfort edge to them. We'll put it that way. Jammer is uh, almost ready to hit the shelves and it's tasting good from New Zealand Amber. Yeah. And I guess for me, um, it also depends. Time of year, you know, what I feel like really. Sometimes I just... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We just want like a good solid beer. I love Amber Ale. And there aren't enough. There aren't enough, you know. There aren't enough. So just a little hint out. For anybody that's listening, that might be a brewer, <laughs> Amber Ales. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I love an Amber Ale. Um, in the summertime, I do like a lighter beer. Uh, I like a good Pilsner. So mm-hmm. if you've ever been to, if you've ever been to Bar Pifco, they are, they have all the Eastern European lagers or Pilsners. And they are so nice in the summertime. And I remember back in the before times, before core, uh, we went there one night to have oh. some pints and the hockey championships were on. It was, it 
was a celebration there every the the vibe was so good like everybody was just in such a good mood and people were celebrating and it was so good natured everybody was slapping each other on the back and it was it was a great time so so yeah sometimes it's all about the atmosphere right so yeah yeah it's great and I do like a I do also like a brown ale like a standard brown ale on the nuttier side of flavors Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. And I do feel we're kind of spoiled for choice with some really good ones here. Like there's the Black Hill Cavern one, St. Mel's. Yeah, there's some really nice brown ales that are just on the regular. So we're lucky. This one that I like, the McNutty. Who does the McNutty one? Oh, the Lock Gill one. Yeah, that's nice too. Yeah. Lock Gill. Yes. That's a good one. Yeah, no, I I go for that one too. Just the, the macadamia nut tie. And I'm like, I, maybe I can't taste it, but I don't care. You said it's there. I'm, I'm happy. I'll take it. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely. Grania, what you drinking? You still on the same? Still on the same. Do I need to up my game a bit? I just emptied the last. No, no. You're good. You're good. I'm finishing up this because I am desperate to try. So the second one that I have is your raspberry, oh. a spicy raspberry sour. One of my favorites. It's not summer. I love this summer. Yes, I'm desperate to try it. Um, so I'm waiting to uh, I'm waiting to finish this one before I crack that that babe that bad boy open. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So how how do you come up with like what what's your recipe formulation like? How do you do you just sort of think, oh, this would be great, and then kind of you know scientifically go from there? Still kind of have the homebrewing mindset, or what's uh, how do you think about scaling it up? Uh, I suppose we do a little bit of. Um... It's kind of hard to, we don't have a, we don't have, we still haven't bothered investing in a pilot kit, which is probably really stupid. Uh, we sort of tend to test in prod, but uh, uh, I suppose you just kind of get a feel for ingredients. And sometimes take words from a different beer and manipulate it in a way that we maybe think we want to go, a direction we want to go with something different, just to see what, what will happen um, and what kind of, and how we would sort of dial in the recipe from that. Um, and sometimes we just like say, I really like the sound of this hop. Yeah. I've, had a, I've had a sniff of it. <laughs> Let's just throw 10 kilos of that in a dry hop and see what happens. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a little bit of everything. Um, and just the other night I was um, wasting time on Twitter uh, and I saw somebody tweet about a homebrew Turkish delight stout they did. And I like I, I'm going through a bit of a rosewater Turkish delight phase at the moment. I have found that we have a, a really awesome local Middle Eastern deli, and they sell the most amazing Turkish delights. Um, and I was just like, "Is it okay to steal recipes, <laughs> steal ideas from home brewers on the internet, or is it like in this bad form?" Uh, but that just sounds like something so awesome. That yeah, oh, what interesting. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> I really like the sound of it. So I have a feeling there's going to be like drops of rose water going in glasses over the next little while um, of random beers just to see what happens. So, yeah, we don't really, I don't have a, a this is how I formulate recipes. I kind of, I, I, I'll think about what it is that I think I would like to drink. Uh, really, I should probably, should probably be thinking about what other people like to drink because I can. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and it's just about coming up with sort of interesting flavors. And, and we've got a, an anniversary beer that's going to come out in the next few weeks. 
uh, all things going well, which is like a cherry, a tart cherry coffee porter with a Ooh. little bit of life. Um, all things going well, that is nearly ready. Um, so it sounds fun, but it's not a beer for everyone. So to celebrate also my newfound rediscovery of hoppy IPA, um, I'm also planning to release, we're, gonna, we're developing a new series at the moment for the summer, um, and we're just going to bang out some fun hoppy IPA. Basically, uh, under a kind of not a, like a, not a separate label, but like a, a series, a project um, that we're, we're working on at the moment. So I'm hoping to have the first one out maybe the end of starting May, maybe starting May. I can get my shit together. <laughs> yeah, I'm still putting rose water in things. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess the, the question that everybody's probably been asking, um, how are you guys doing in these weird quarantine pandemic times? Like, and also, have you been aff- affected by Brexit and sl- supply chains and all that? So uh, what is the uh, language rating of this podcast? We, you, you can uh, curse if you want to. We are, yeah, we are definitely loud. We've got our, uh, we've got our rating there. Yeah. So swear all you want, girl. It's a bit of a shit show, really. I mean, how could it be? So um, we are, all of our draft business is gone. Any draft that we did last year um, was, it was so, it, it was just so difficult to manage when it was there uh, and tidying up and cleaning and pulling back partials and sending out fresh and taking back stock. It was just, it was, it was awful. Um, but however awful it was for us, it was even worse for our customers. You know, they didn't know whether they were coming or going. And um, I suppose what it, what it really demonstrated to us was too much of a, a dependence on our own. And really, I suppose, gave me a kick up the arse to um, care, about my, <laughs> care about the cans a bit more. Because you get you get kind of lazy, right? You get you get used to dealing with your draft customers. You see them every week, and it gets a bit cozy. Um, so it's, it's good. To, okay. I suppose be forced in some ways to to start thinking about other routes and working on that a bit. Um, we lost all our exports though because all our exports dropped, so that was really hard. Um, but we're here, we're still here, which is kind of <laughs> as much as you can sort of hope for. Um, we're uh, we've got some fundings coming up. We're, we're planning to try some other st- some stuff. We're thinking about releasing beer four forty. Rod for my because they do not go to our twist rooms on the line, so we're paying yeah, us. But um, yeah, you know, I mean, we have because the the flip side of it is because we don't have all of the draft work that we normally have, we have time. <laughs> We've got time on our hands <laughs> to uh, think about those other stuff, and it was really hard last year. It was it was so hard to plan and be motivated, and you know you can look back on it now and go, "Well, we had nine months where we didn't really ship that much draft beer and scheme things. What were we doing?" But we were always planning for. It seemed like we were just waiting. What we were doing is everything seemed like a few weeks out. It would be a few weeks out, and we'll no more in two weeks. We're no more in three weeks. We're no more in a fortnight. So we lost, I think, a little bit of momentum just through sort of 
holy shit, there's a billboard pandemic on, mm-hmm. and what's happening, and is everybody okay and healthy? And then a little bit through waiting to see what was going to happen, and you know, like in March, we all thought everything was going to be back normal by June. We were supposed to. Be. Um, and then, and then, like, just then, you just end up with like total apathy, where it's just like, what's the point? <laughs> what is the point? Yeah. It's just also, you know, frustrating and annoying, and 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 this is, you know, in the grand scheme of things, beer is not important because there's a global pandemic on. So you just kind of, you feel a bit stupid. You feel a bit worthless. And yeah. why are you caring so much about what it is you're trying to do when, when there are people dying? So yeah. just a weird, like a totally weird year. Um, I think we're probably after the misery that is always January because, you know, even with the, even when, yeah. <laughs> even when the gym's closed, people are still joining the gym in January. It's not like, yeah. um, I'm not drinking enough beer. Um, don't they know I have a finished thing? Um, but, uh january is usually we go away in january um because it's so quiet uh but there was no, no nowhere to go this year so we just had to stay in um but now this it, it feels like with the with the vaccine going like even though we're kind of sitting here going not really seeing hospitality opening again this year but at least we know it will only be this year probably next year we probably will really be back to normal-ish whereas last Last year, we really kind of we had no city last year. Did we really feel apart from the very blow over by June? Apart from those days, did we? Did we yeah, I remember it was, it was this time last year, actually, last week. This time last year, I mm-hmm. had been indeed was one of the first companies to send people home. So I've been working from home for a year now, and I remember they're like, Well, we'll be working from home at least until May. <laughs> and then in May it was like, okay, <laughs> now it's going to be until at least September. Okay, now it's going to be till July next year. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I was I was just coming back from from Basel, yeah, a year ago last week, and it was still like, oh, w- will you come back the following week? And I was like, well, let's just see how it goes. But it was still like, you know, they were sure, you know. And, and I my flight, I, I missed my connecting flight at Heathrow, and I was like, oh, there's people wearing masks at Heathrow. This is weird. And it wasn't everyone, not like now. It was, you know, a couple of people, but it was just like weird and apocalyptic feeling. Yeah. I was in I, this day last year. I was in Spain uh, on a sneaky little getaway with my sister, and we were like, you know, while we were away, I remember it was like all sort of starting to kick off. And while we were away, the first person in Ireland died. Um, the person, the first person to be diagnosed was just before we went away. And while we were away, the first person died. And we were like, this is going to be kind of serious, you know. Um, but I mean, when you, you think back on it now, and everybody was, you know, people were so preoccupied about who that first person was that was diagnosed. It just seems ludicrous. You know, what people wanted to know what school that was. What was that school? You have to tell us. We have to know. And it's like... I know I remember thinking I'll whatever blow over and then it just (laughs) and then Ireland shut down (laughs) I remember this time last year yeah and I and I live in Christchurch and I remember it being eerily empty like there was nobody on the streets and it was very strange it was a very weird feeling 
we came back from Taiwan visiting Tim's family in January, just at the end of January. We were over there for Chinese New Year, and it all kicked off in, in uh, well, not all kicked off. It's got, it got really, really serious in Wuhan, and they started locking down while we were over there. And we were watching this fascinated going, good Lord, this is all close. And there were two, the, the pharmacies in, in Taipei had signs outside saying no masks available. Taipei put an embargo exports of medical supplies while they figured out what was going on. And we wore masks home to the airport. And then we got home and it was like, oh, that's so far away. It doesn't matter anymore. So stupid. We were so naive. Like, but, you know. Every, you know, you kind of get on with stuff and you're just like, you do your day thing. And then, but every now and then I stop and I go, this is just so mental. It's just so mental. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, I think it's opened up. I think it's, it's forced things to evolve in some ways that were going to take a long time otherwise. And it's just, I think the working from home, the remote working thing offers a degree of flexibility to people that's been tried and tested and demonstrated how it works. And I think if that concept can be carried on in a lot of workplaces, I think that will, that will make a lot of people's lives a lot more enjoyable in terms of commutes and stuff. So I hope that that's something. Yeah, I completely agree. The, the uh, technology that I've seen emerge from this has been incredible. Like the innovation it just shows you what people are capable of doing when put under pressure, <laughs> you know, it's, it's been absolutely incredible. And hopefully we'll never see times like these again. Oh God, hopefully. Yeah. Gosh. Unless we keep melting the ice cap. Have you watched Snowpiercer on Netflix? No. <laughs> That's the one about the train, right? Yeah, give it a watch. It's interesting. <laughs> I, think I saw a, a film with who is that awesome Scottish actor? Actress Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a Snowpiercer film about, like about ten years ago. I think I saw it on. A, I could be wrong now. In which case, it's going to be super embarrassing. This is up on YouTube. No, you, you're probably right. Um, I just, I'm very out of the loop when it comes to movies. So all I can say is in the TV show, Sean Bean, his character, very weird. And still alive, which is unusual for his character to like keep going. So yes, it is. For now, anyway, maybe, you know, I'm sure he'll have a gory death scene at some point. Spoiler alert, Lisa. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just assuming because it's Sean Bean. So Pure speculation. Just because it's Sean Bean. Yeah. <laughs> so how is it, Hilary? Did you move on to the... Uh... I am. I'm on the raspberry, and it's so nice. It's, it's a lovely color. For those who are it's, just listening, it's beautiful. It's a very nice color. It's a lovely ruby red. The head retention is horrendous. Uh, we used... This year, we used... Um, uh, well, that would have been the end of last year. We used, uh, or no, no, because we've not super bored and packaged it. Yeah, I just bought um, this bad boy, so concentrate. No. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was thinking it was still in tank, but it's not. Concentrate and um, puree, raspberry concentrate of puree. We moved to that last year, um, and it, <laughs> instead of actual raspberries, which are, yeah, yeah we just we got them in from Germany and they are superb. 
got a kick to it too. Yes. Just gets there on the finish. It does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a really nice uh, kick. So if if anybody okay. listening, if you like spice, get the raspberry because it is. It's nice. It's a really nice kick. <laughs> and see, you can just pretend you've been for a run. Super, super refreshing, super refreshing. Yes. Oh, the first batch of raspberry we made was like 5%, I think. And it probably turned out like maybe 5 one or 2 And I was like, we got to bring the ABV down on this a bit because if you want to, like, after a bit of exercise, you want to be back to. So. <laughs> yeah, we brought it back to 4.5. I'm sorry, I mean, it's a focus groups and research in the consumer arena, we decided to lower the ABV. I like that. I like a good recovery beer. I'm, I'm here for that. That's, I, I love it. If I, if I, especially if I've gone for a long run, like you, you want to reward yourself. So that's, that's perfect. Yeah. It's a four and a half percent. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we are probably about at time. So it was really fun. Let us close out. This was so much fun. Thank you so much, Grania, for spending time with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I personally enjoy seeing you every time I do. So it's been fantastic. Um, You can find, Grania, what are your business handles? So give us your Twitter Facebook and Twitter are both at Metamon Brewing or just for such Metamon Brewing for Facebook and Instagram is Metamon underscore Brewing. Perfect. And then me personally is Metamon underscore Graw uh, on Twitter and I don't really do Facebook and Metamon underscore Graw on Instagram as well, which I'm not so good at either. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm more of a sneaker though than a poster. I'm lazy. I reply and I snoop. Excellent. So, Thank you very much. And as for us, we are at facebook.com slash beer ladies podcast, Twitter at beer ladies pod, Instagram at beer ladies podcast. And we will be back next week. So until then, cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.